You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked onto the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock of the Dallas Morning News, and we've got a great episode for you today. We've got some baseball news you might have missed because, you know, there was some other regular news going on last week, so totally would not fault you for missing it. Um, we got managers being hired, teams being bought. Of course, we got KBO baseball. You know, we got the important stuff here. Um, but today, but first, before that, today's episode is brought to you by Bills Bar. Go to BillsBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. So we've got the KT Wiz, obviously starting with the important stuff, and the semifinals of the KBO playoffs. Um, they're playing the Duzon Bears at 3.25 a.m. on uh, ESPN. And now to the MLB. Yeah, that, that's all we got. Sorry, I'm very proud of my Duzon Bears. Um, and there is there's no um, KBO stars we think might be on the Rangers' uh, target list. Ha Sung Kim has been knocked out of the playoffs as well as his uh, Kiwoom Heroes. So, um, yeah. But now to the important stuff. Tony LaRusa was hired as the White Sox manager a day after being arrested for driving under the influence. This is his second DUI this year. He was arrested in February in Arizona for a DUI. Um, and in the arrest report, um, one of the officers claimed that he said, I am, quote, a Hall of Fame baseball person, which is not how any of those words work and clearly proves that you're very intoxicated. So not to mention this is like on top of the many reasons why he's a bad fit um, for the White Sox. He's very old school. Um, this was basically a Jerry Reinsdorf, um, the owner of the White Sox and also Chicago Bulls um, in case you saw the last dance Yeah, he was just very headlong on making sure that this was going to happen. A lot of reports from around the league um, around people in that front office and, and the staff were just like, we, we couldn't do anything. We couldn't talk him out of it for any reason, which I don't, I don't get it. I don't get, he's very old school. He was very um, outspoken. I'm pretty sure about uh, his, his beliefs and not being super pleased about how the MLB was handling the black lives matter um, movement. And uh, that's not great. Also Rick Renteria did a pretty good job the last couple of years. Um, he's been uh, the white Sox manager since 2017. Uh, yeah. When they fired a, uh, Robin Ventura. Um, so he's been there since 2017. He's built some rapport with his young core, and that's important with a young team um, like the Rangers. That's why the Rangers aren't going to move off of uh, their manager anytime soon in Woody, um, because you got to build that rapport with the young people. So when you're there, when they're losing, you understand the players. They know what you're about, um, and you can kind of instill that your kind of culture um, for when you start to those players start to hit their primes and whatever. Um, but firing him after they made the playoffs for the first time since 2008. Um, doesn't make sense. They finished with a uh, 599 uh, or 583 winning percentage, which is the best since, uh, gosh, 2005 when they won the World Series. So, yeah, literally their best regular season since they won the World Series. Yes, they lost in the wild card game. It's a very, very close, hard fought series with the A's. Um, but there's no reason. They probably have the AL MVP in Jose Abreu. Like, he's probably going to win the AL MVP um, this week. And I just don't understand why you'd want to fire him and hire an old school guy who really doesn't like the let the kids play. And they've got one of the biggest let the kids play kids um, in Tim Anderson, a guy who enjoys fun a whole lot. Um, their first winning season since, uh, gosh, it's been since 2012. 
Um, they've only had two winning seasons in the 2010s. Um, so like, I don't, I don't know why there was this big rush to, um, to fire the manager that got them to the playoffs um, and bring in an old school guy who will probably make a lot of your best players mad. Um, Tim Anderson said that he still hadn't been called um, even a few days after um, Lewis had been hired as a manager and Tim Anderson's probably your best player. So like, what are you doing? Um, he's also going to be there for a long, long time um, or maybe not because he's not going to like playing for you. And so I honestly wouldn't be shocked um, if, if LaRusso doesn't make it to the regular season because so many people think this is such a bad idea, even in his own front office. Um, but speaking of bad manager hires, um, the Red Sox hired Alex Cora. Like, really? I don't, I don't get it. They, I don't really have any like joke or insider commentary. I'm just kind of shocked. I'm honestly like just really shocked. They did this. They went and hired him basically the second they could, like as soon as they could, they're like, all right, let's make sure to get this guy in here. Um, Cause we really want him back. And um, we just had this guy here for a second. So I don't know. I don't know what that means for AJ Hinch. Maybe AJ Hinch is going to get a job sooner as opposed to later. Honestly, I thought he might end up with the white Sox job. Um, he still might before the end of next season. I don't know. I don't feel great about it. I don't love that. He goes back immediately to the team where he got caught. Um, Stalling a cheating regime, it makes me think that everything's going to go back to the way it was and they're just going to keep cheating or whatever. I don't know. They need a lot of cheating to help their pitching staff. And so that's they do not need help with their hitters. They need a lot of help with their pitching. I don't know how um, stealing signs would help them uh, pitch better. But anyway, the last around the league news to look out for is uh, Steve Cohen bought the Mets. Um, just kind of interesting. I don't know. Um, anytime a team gets sold, so I was always a little curious about it. Um, but the most curious thing about it is he started, he, he got a Twitter account and he started interacting with fans one-on-one at addressing their concerns and, uh, things they wanted to see changed and improved about the franchise, which like, that's pretty cool. I don't think I've ever seen an owner do that, um, and be that like amenable to the people and like that open to like comments and criticism, whatever from like season ticket holders. And I think that's great. Honestly, I think baseball and just sports in general, needs more of that. I think that's just so cool to like say, all right, like this is me getting indoctrinated in the team. Like I want to know what you guys think. Cause it's like, it's a fan based industry. Like they get all of their money from fans buying tickets, buying cable subscriptions, buying MLB TV, buying concessions, apparel, whatever, like they get their money from the fans. So they should be listening to the fans um, and doing that one-on-one. That's just so cool. And so like new and, and different. So anyway, that's it for most of baseball news. Um, there are a few awards handed out this week. I'll get more into that later on in the week. Uh, more ha- awards will be handed out tonight. Um, yeah, not during election night. So uh, <laughs> maybe more people will watch these award shows. But anyway, speaking of awards, um, that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, we are here to give out, or I am here to give out, superlative awards for the Rangers this year. Um, not just the regular uh, Cy Young, MVP, whatever. Like those are fine, good, fun, whatever. The Rangers did have two Gold Glove winners in Isaiah Connor Faleva at third base and Joey Gallo in right field. Um, and honestly, they they might have had the center fielder if uh, Leo Tavares had played more in the beginning of this season. But I digress. We are here to give out fun awards, um, like ironic play, defensive play of the year, um, surprise of the year, worst pitch of the year, all kinds of fun things coming up um, right now. So we're going to start with just the basics, you know, pitcher of the year. 
Huh, real, real curious who that might be. Oh, yeah, it's Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn was the only solid, consistent pitcher for the Rangers. He pitched 84 innings, a 332 ERA, which was completely destroyed by his last very, very bad start um, against the Houston Astros. He struck out 89 in those 84 innings, um, and he had an ERA plus of uh, 136, um, strikeout for nine, over nine um, per nine innings, had a complete game as well. Um, and so did Kyle Gibson, um, in case we forget that. I mean, granted, he had a lot of other stuff wrong with the season. But uh, Lance Lynn somehow managed to have a winning record at a six and three. Like, I don't really care at all about pitcher, like, wins and losses or whatever. But on a team this bad, to have twice as many wins as losses is just a phenomenal stat um, for him. He was just incredibly consistent um, and so good for the Rangers. And like basically was the only thing down the stretch, um, besides seeing the young guys kind of uh, fall into their own, he was the only thing that kind of made the Rangers worth watching down the stretch. Um, so yeah, give him the Rangers Cy Young, give him the MVP, hell, give him a silver slugger too, because this offense was uh, quite terrible. So rookie, rookie of the year, I want to give to the Yodi Tavares. He played more games than any of the other rookies. Um, he had a bigger impact. Um, he was phenomenal defensively, and his offense was much, much better um, than I ever anticipated it being. He got 134 plate appearances this season um, in 33 games. He hit 227, and on base over 300, which is what I wanted to see from him. Slugging just five points below 400, which would be very good for him. Hit four home runs, which he hasn't done in a long, long time. Um, that's part of 11 extra base hits um, total. And he might have just won himself a job, uh, a starting job for next season. He also stole eight, was successful on eight of eight steal attempts, which is phenomenal to see for him. Um, he had never been super, super aggressive, but he'd always been really fast. Um, but he'd always been a very smart base runner. And this year he was more aggressive in the major leagues and it really paid off. Um, so I love seeing that from him. I really would like to see what he's going to do next year. I think he might just be the Rangers starting center fielder next year. Not entirely sure, um, but I really do think he made himself um, a very good case to win that spot. Now, we want to go with defender of the year. Just overall, like who did the best, um, and it's Isaiah Kiner-Faleva. The numbers don't lie, and even though most of what he did what didn't really look that hard, that's kind of the mark of an a excellent defender. I mean, he played shortstop. He played third base. He even played a little second base. The guy was just everywhere and he was phenomenal everywhere. He won a gold glove. Um, so he wins the Rangers equivalent, my own equivalent of the um, platinum glove for the Rangers. Um, I love seeing what he did out there. He's always been a very good defender. Um, and now they ditched the stupid catcher crap and made him a full-time infielder, which is going to be very good for him long-term. Uh, but yeah, his defense has been outstanding and I love seeing it from him. He might be surpassed next year by Leo Tavares. Let's see how that goes. Um, Joey Gallo, of course, was excellent defensively in right field. So um, got to give him some love as well, just like the Gold Glove voters did. Now we got defensive play of the year, quotations, ironic. Um, this was made by not a Ranger, actually, but it was made in Globe Life Field in a Rangers game. So I'm going to count it. It was made by Dear Joe Adele. <laughs> the outfielder for the Los Angeles Angels made a four base error in case you don't remember it. Um, Nick Soak hit a ball to right field. Uh, Joe Adele was strolling back on the warning track. Think, okay, I got it. 
kind of lets it get into his glove, hits him in the heel of the glove, pops out and over the fence for a solo home run, um, which was later counted a four-base error. I have never seen that before. I don't know if I'll ever see it again, but it was incredible. Um, Joe Adele's going to have a very long career, so I don't I don't feel too bad making fun of him for it. Um, he's probably going to terrorize the Rangers for quite a few home runs um, from his own team and not just gifting them to the Rangers. So um, props to you, Joe Adele, for a four-base error, um, something I have not seen before and hope to see again because it was quite hilarious and entertaining. Now, the real defensive play of the year, um, you know, it, it feels weird because I'm not going to give it to one of the Rangers' three best defenders. Um, I'm going to give it to Nick Solak for a catch he made in center field against Nolan Arenado at Coors Field. Um, he was playing center field that day. He was playing very deep um, on this play. He reads the ball. It was a pop-up, really, really shallow in center field. Um, one of the infielders might have been able to get it, but it was kind of hard to see because it was hit just 18 million miles in the air. Um, so he makes a decent read on it. Not great, but he starts sprinting and sprinting as hard as he can, um, gets all the way to shallow, shallow center field and lays out for it and makes the catch to end the inning. Um, there weren't any runners on base or whatever. It's just a very impressive play um, of just him grinding it out. There's another play I couldn't quite find. Um, I remember briefly of him like just making an over-the-head catch in left field. Somehow I couldn't find it with all of my Google searches and Twitter searches, whatever. That's fine. So I'm going to give him credit for that one and this one um, on this play. I also looked up both of Leoti's uh, home run robberies. He made them look just so easy. It was almost boring. Um, and I looked up a bunch of IKF defensive highlights, they just looked really easy. Joey Gallo, of course, had a, quite a few um, good plays with his arm and also robbing home runs. He also had that one home run. Um, I can't remember who was who was against, but it was early in the season where he tried to rob a home run and then just kind of like hung on the fence. There was a great uh, still shot. One of the Dallas Morning News photographers took of that that I have saved for many, many meme occasions. Um, but yeah, I wanted to reward a guy who tried really hard um, played a bunch of different defensive positions um, and really did a better, much better job than I ever thought he could in center field. So shouts to you, Nick Solek, um, but you probably won't be playing too much center field next year. So we're going to take a quick break. Got a few more um, categories to award um, for these superlative awards. But first, this word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they're new and improved and even delicious -er. There are 18 amazing flavors and 16 or six new ones. Lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, cookies and cream, and caramel brownie. All kinds of good stuff along with the original 12 great flavors like German chocolate, peanut butter, uh, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, and uh, coconut as well if that's what you're into. Those bars, they're soft, they're easy to chew, and 100% chocolate they are covered in. Um, they're great for the health-conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in an absolutely delicious treat. They're high in protein, high in fiber, and low calorie and low sugar, which means they're great for the keto diet. Best of all, our listeners can go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Now, these next ones are a little more obscure. Um, a, a, few little, a few more just kind of random um, awards on just – random moments that I happen to remember and uh, gave me a lot of joy or terror or whatever, what have you. Um, but this first one is not on one moment. It's actually on basically two starts or five starts or however many starts um, Kyle Cody actually had. It is surprise of the year and it has to go to Kyle Cody. 
The most surprising thing about this season was Kyle Cody. I had no idea that I'd be seeing him in the big leagues, um, but he had by far the best ERA plus of any Ranger this season. He had an ERA plus of 288. Um, he pitched in eight games. Five of those were starts, um, and he pitched in 22 and two-thirds innings. Now, that's a really small sample size. Um, he did have a lot of problems with walks. He walked 13 in those 22 and two-thirds innings, but he only allowed one home run. Um, and he struck out 18 and he just looked confident. And for a guy like him who had missed so much time, he really needed that. His last two starts of the season, um, against two pretty decent offenses in the angels and the Astros. Um, he went five innings each, something he hadn't done since I think 2017, maybe it was 2018, but it's been a long, long time since he's done that. And there were basically no expectations for him. So it's like, all right, it's the end of the season. Um, let's get you pitching in some actual games because you've missed so much time with injuries. Like what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, probably you could get shellacked. Probably you could just get destroyed and maybe your confidence would go away, but he had full confidence in himself and he showed what he can do. And he might, might be competing for an MLB job in the starting rotation next year. Not quite sure about that. Um, but honestly, I have no idea what 2021 is going to look like. So anything can happen. Um, at the very least, he's going to jump way, way high. Um, jump a few levels in the minor league development system um, and probably be ready maybe towards the end of the season. Maybe, maybe it's not out of spring training that he wins a starting role, but I think he's definitely earned some consideration um, and seeing why the Rangers are so high on him. Now, this one is a bad award. This is for the worst pitch of the year. And it was August 19th, Rafael Montero. Uh, it was a 94 mile an hour four seamer uh, on a full count, middle, middle, Supposed to be down and in, but it was just right over the plate um, to Manny Machado for the walk-off Grand Slam. Now, I went back and looked at um, most of those pitches um, for the uh, the four Grand Slams in a row. Um, this was definitely by far the worst. Um, the one that Kyle Gibson gave up was down and in and out of the strike zone. Like, that was just – that Hosmer hit. That was just bad luck. Um, Mike Miners was only kind of bad. It was down – it was at least, like, on a corner. It wasn't just, like – middle of the plate. Uh, it was a change up. He kind of hung. Um, and then the one that uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. hit was out of the strike zone, blowing away. Like that was a dang good pitch that he hit out of the park on 3-0. But this one was just a hanger. And uh, Rafael Montero, sorry to say it, this was this is just kind of just destroyed his ERA for the season. Um, but it's okay because it comes back. He also has the best pitch of the year. So it's August 8th. Um, a 90, this is Rafael Montero again, a 95 mile an hour two seamer down and in off the plate to Mike Trout. It was to strike him out and close out a save that kind of continued the Rangers, uh, I don't know, revival after being basically dead for the first two weeks of the season. They ended up sweeping the Angels in this series. I'm pretty sure it was their only sweep of the season. Um, kind of made the Ranger fan think, uh, myself included, that maybe there's some life, maybe everything isn't totally dead. Um, maybe there's a chance, but no. Um, ended up not, but this still was an amazing outing. Um, he just had an amazing first outing. I believe this is his first outing of the season. Um, and he comes in and he strikes out Mike Trout, made Mike Trout look foolish on some pitches before. Um, but this was an incredible pitch. Um, that two seamer is one of the big reasons why he was so successful this season. Now the best at bat of the year. Now, you know, in, in baseball video games and in real life, you usually want to work more pitches. You want to see more pitches, get, Wait till you get the pitch you like. Fight off a bunch of pitches. Be patient. You don't want to just hack on the first thing you see. 
But um, that's actually what happened in this one. Um, this was by Anderson Tejeda, his third at-bat in his major league career. First one, um, he lined out really quickly. Second one, he got uh, a bloop sing- or a very hard-hit single, 103 miles an hour. And this one was against Mike Fires, the runner on first, one out. Um, the Rangers were down uh, two to five, and he started the Rangers' comeback. This was a 81-mile-an-hour uh, curveball, kind of the bottom of the zone, but still middle of the plate. Um, he hit almost 415-ish feet. That's what it looked like for his first home run of his MLB career. Um, it wasn't even really a hanger, but the guy knows who he was um, And at the very beginning of his career and probably for a bunch of the next few years of his career. He's going to be a very aggressive hitter, and he took advantage of that. He saw a pitch that he liked, knew what he liked, swung at it, and absolutely dealt damage. So that was my personal favorite. Probably wasn't the best at-bat of the year, but it was one of the more impressive ones um, on a very, very impressive first uh, major league game by Anderson Tejeda. Now, going on to another home run, we have the Most Needed Homer Award. Um, This came September 25th. Willie Calhoun against Javier of the Astros. The Rangers were down 10-0. Honestly, in the grand scheme of things, or in the real scheme of things in that game, did not mean very much. Um, It was a two-run home run. That was the game um, towards the very end of the season where um, Lance Lynn was just totally destroyed. Um, but this is Willie Calhoun's first bomb of the season, um, first homer of any kind. There was no spring training home run. There were no uh, summer camp home runs. And he was a real forgotten part of the Rangers' sadness this year. Um, and it just felt so good to see him get that. I don't know why I was still watching this game at this point, but I just maybe felt like, all right, I just need to see Willie Calhoun do something good. Just get something for himself with the injuries and the getting hit in the face with a the pitch. Then the season's delayed and you think you're going to be ready for opening day and you have, um, I believe it was a hamstring injury that kept him out for most of this season. Like it was just, he needed something good. And that was just such a feel good moment. Um, for him and for Rangers fans and for the Rangers org. They just knew this guy's a really dang good hitter when he's healthy and when he can get on the field. And it's just some freak bad luck this year. I mean, in a year full of freak bad luck for the entire world. Like, it's just things went bad for Willie Calhoun. Um, And now the final award is the most forgotten Ranger, Joey Rodriguez. He missed a bunch of time with injuries. Um, he was one guy who I was really excited to see for the Rangers. He's a 28-year-old left-handed reliever. Um, he pitched in 12 games. You might have just completely forgot about him, and honestly, I don't blame you. There's been a lot of things going on lately, so if you forgot about Joey Rodriguez, I totally forgive you. But he didn't give up a single home run in his 12 and two-thirds innings, his 12 appearances. He finished a couple of games, had a 2.13 ERA, struck out 17, so his strikeouts per nine were 12.1. Um, per nine innings. His fielding independent pitching um, was 1.69, which is fantastic. His ERA plus was uh, 2.17, which this is kind of weird, but just going back and forth between uh, him and Brett Martin, Brett Martin's ERA was really good in 184. Um, also another forgotten Ranger, um, but his fielding independent pitching was independent pitching was 5.71. So um seems like he might've gotten a lot of luck out of there. Um, but yeah, a really, really good season for Joey Rodriguez. Um, I believe he is signed um, through next season as well. I'm trying to double check that just to make sure. Um, da, 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 da. Where are we? Yeah, um, he's got a few more years. Um, he's got he's signed through 2022. Um, he had a 2.5 million dollar contract this year, 2.5 mil next year, and then um, 
three mil team option for 2022 um, when he turns 30 or a 500k buyout. So um, yeah, a guy that you should get really excited about next year when he'll be able to pitch a little bit more. Um, maybe the range will be in it. Maybe they won't. I don't know. He was part of the bullpen that um, looked mostly okay all season, had a lot of um, train wreck moments, but a few really good bright spots in that bullpen. Brett Martin being one of them. Um, Joey Rodriguez also being another Rafael Montero, um, Jonathan Hernandez, but yeah, um, those are my fake baseball awards for the Rangers. Um, mostly positive awards because, you know, awards should mostly be positive, um, except for worst pitch and, uh, poor Joe Adele and his four base error, but Joe Adele will be fine. He'll have plenty more real awards, um, later on in his career because he's a really good baseball player, but that will do it for this week's edition of locked on Rangers.